Welcome to GRIT, the Real Estate Growth Mindset Podcast, hosted by Brian Charlesworth, founder of Sisu. Sisu provides growth automation software for real estate. You'll hear stories from real estate thought and technology leaders, team owners, and brokers on how to grow their business in a rapidly changing industry. You'll learn how to transform your brokerage and teams into a high-performing and analytics-driven business so you have a new, durable, competitive advantage against disruption in your market. So let's get right into it. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Grit Podcast. I'm Brian Charlesworth. I'm the founder of Sisu and your host of the show. And today is such an honor. I'm here with Brad Sugars. Brad is the founder and CEO of Action Coach. Action Coach is one of the largest coaching companies in the world. I had the honor of working closely by him and learned about his business about six, seven years ago. Brad is a national speaker. My understanding is, and I'll let him correct me on this, but my understanding is that he's the author of 19 books, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, 17 still in published. So there's two of them okay. we don't publish anymore, but yes, yeah, okay. it's... it's I was, I was close. I was close. Uh, Pro- prolifically keep putting out material, I guess. Brad's part of the uh, Forbes Coaches Council. He has his own podcast where I know that you've had Grant Cardone as a guest, which that is totally cool, right? Uh, actually, yeah, yeah, that was actually, I was Grant's guest on his show first. Oh, so that was kind of, okay. that was kind of cool. So you go from Grant's show to my show. So how does that make me feel, right? <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, flat out, Brad is a total badass. So uh, it's an honor to have him here today. About seven years ago, Brad and I were actually talking about doing business together. One of the many, many mistakes I've made in my lifetime is I let that opportunity slip by. So with uh, that, Brad, do you want to tell us more, <laughs> more about yourself and correct any of those uh, mistakes I made with that intro? Yeah, there's only one mistake you made, and that was that uh, Action Coach is one of the biggest business coaching companies in the world. It is the biggest by far. But oh, um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm yeah. only saying that because uh, we, we get to help business owners now in 81 countries. We just opened in Russia. We're about to open in Greece. Uh, so, yeah, that'll be 82 countries where we get to help people. We help, uh, we help business owners and executives become better at what they do and therefore build bigger businesses. And I think... Uh, I've been doing that now for 26 years and uh, still love doing it. Uh, And yeah, I'm excited to be here and chat today. Yeah, awesome. Well, I'm super excited to have you here. You know, most of our listeners are in the real estate world and and these are people who are building some amazing businesses. I mean, if, if you saw some of these guys are doing anywhere from 100 homes a year to 5,000 homes a year. Just mm-hmm. incredible, right? Uh, hundreds of millions of dollars in transactions. And they hear from real estate coaches all the time, mm-hmm. but not necessarily business coaches. And a lot of real estate coaches are also coaching business, but just hearing from you, I thought would be just an amazing experience for everyone. So yeah. um, maybe you could give us some background on yourself, Brad. How did you get into coaching? How did you become an entrepreneur? I know you've been an entrepreneur your whole life. I know you went to Tony Robbins like years and years and years ago. So I went to to Tony Robbins when Tony was still young. It's his his 60th birthday coming up. Um, Listen, you know, my background is mostly as an entrepreneur still today. uh, I'm, I'm chairman uh, of action coach. I don't run the company anymore. Um, I run, I have eight companies that I run. Well, actually we just bought another one. So it's nine companies that I run in two days a week. 
Um, I, I'm a father of five, so I prefer to actually hang with my kids than, than work um, and take vacations and, and spend their time. Uh, most of what I've done in my life is fix broken companies. And then I learned later on, uh, if you ever see the movie, I don't know, Brian, did you ever watch uh, the founder, Ray Kroc's movie? Yes. Um, that's more of what I do today, team. More of what I do today is I find good companies and, uh, and I explode them somewhere. Usually take them to a global front because there's a lot of great companies that are running in one city, one town, um, one country even, and, and they just need to be in you know, 50, 100 countries rather than, than uh, one or two cities. Okay. Awesome. That's uh, so true. And sounds like your coaching company is in 81 countries. So uh, <laughs> very impressive, Brad. Uh, you say you're, I, I compare you to Elon Musk, right? Running eight companies in two days a week. How do you do that? Yeah, look, Elon works his butt off though. He, he likes to work long hours. You know, the way you build companies is you build people. Um, you build people, you build systems, and, and then you build people who build systems. Um, and so if you can build the people, I was probably 20 years old. I had to learn the first and most important lesson around humans in, in a business. And I went to my dad one day and complained to him and said, dad, you know what? I just can't get good people. And he looked me dead in the eye and he said, Brad, you get the people you deserve. So, you know, you're an average manager running an average business. Highest caliber of employee you're going to get is average. And, uh, so it was, it was one of those lessons that, uh, as much as it hurt at the time, it, was, it would have hurt more not to gain that lesson at some point. So, you know, I have great CEOs who run my companies and uh, some great partners in several of our companies uh, who run the day-to-day -day of those. And I operate as the chairman and I uh, get on board meetings each month and some of them each week. But uh, that's generally when we just buy them, I get on it each week and make sure they're on track. Great. So if you don't mind me asking, your dad gave you some really, really good advice. What did your dad do? What's his background? Uh, he started out as an accountant, same as me. Uh, good old accounting. Um, I think we both had the personality for it. And then uh, he went into management. And so he ran piping companies for many years, uh, big manufacturers of concrete pipes, PVC piping, you name it. And then uh, built his own business, building... Uh, fiberglass do a big fiberglass business doing fiberglass joints and joinery and things and you name it if it was made out of fiberglass they could do it okay so you started action coach how many years ago 26 years ago 1993 august of 1993 so uh this august will be our 27th birthday okay so you were what 20 young 20s at that yeah. time yeah. And so it was real interesting because what happened was I had photocopy shops, kind of like uh, FedEx, Kinko's, that sort of thing. It was Kinko's in the beginning, FedEx bought it. And um, a lot of my customers were small business owners. And so they needed help. And uh, I just started writing a newsletter about stuff you could do to grow your business. And of course, everything in my newsletter to grow your business included photocopying. So, uh, you know, that was our business. And uh, I, I remember writing a newsletter one time and having so many small business owners asking for help. I thought maybe I just do a seminar and I did in my store. And uh, all of a sudden here I am 27 years later coaching our team coaches about 18,000 business owners every single week somewhere in the world. And 
literally hundreds of thousands on our, on our group and monthly programs. Amazing. I love it. I remember you coming in to talk to me about my business, one of my businesses uh, back when I met you and just uh, in a few hours, how you dissected the business was, was very impressive. So I'm hoping today we can jump into some of those things about how to dissect your business and figure out how to take it to the next level. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure some of these people are going to want to follow up with you after this, but um, I'd like to find out. So when you were in your early twenties, you started coaching. This started out as you coaching people because you were writing these newsletters. And then how did you develop that into a franchise company? How, how long did that take? It took a while. Um, it probably took three or four years just to get the intellectual property out of my head down on paper. Um, and by teaching, it made me think of, well, how do I actually do that? And that's one of the challenges of teaching is that you've actually got to sit down and work out, well, how do I do that? Because by the time you're a master of a particular subject or you're great at a subject, uh, you've forgotten half of the things it took for you to get there. And so that's why teaching is the art form of making things into the simplest way possible. And that's where all of my books, every blog post I do, everything I do is all about simplifying everything down into the smallest. And so to build it into a franchise, you know, when I was first on, I, I started recruiting all of the coaches and they all worked for me. And then um, I was doing seminars in Singapore and uh, Hong Kong. And they, they said, we, we need you up here. And I said, I, I can't be in all these places at once. And one of our other businesses uh, was a quilt cleaning company, cleaning feather and down. And uh, we'd franchise that and we'd had it and we were franchising our dog food business. I thought, wonder if I could franchise this. Cause you got to remember 26 years ago, the only white collar franchises was like ERA expense reduction analysts and like Jackson Hewitt. There wasn't, there was no white collar franchises. They were all, cleaning or burgers or that was basically it or car dealerships yes. type thing yeah so we we worked out a methodology of franchising and intellectual property uh protection that that gave us a system to do it and so hence here we are today but you know a lot of people think that you can't replicate um what they're doing and this this works very much in the real estate world where you get a lot of realtors who they're very, very good at what they do. And they're like, they become, uh, you know, the, 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 the one person that does all of the great stuff and they surround themselves with minions who can do that, but they don't ever build the other people up. And, you know, I've proven over the world now that you can have people that are as good or better than you if you build the training and structured systems and methodologies into a systematic way that others can follow. So. Yeah, it was tough in the beginning to get it all out and to get the thought processes down. But Bucky Fuller was one of the greatest uh, teachers in the world. And Bucky said, if you can create a model or an artifact, you can replicate. So, you know, I, I wrote a lot of books so that I, I didn't have to teach the customer one-to-one. -one. I could teach them via the books. I created a lot of models. If you know, when, when you look at the intellectual property I do, everything is ba based down into you know, the nine steps of this or this, the triangle of this or the circle, you know, I try and break everything down into something you can put on one page and go, there it is. Yeah. I attend a lot of masterminds in the real estate space and this industry has become very much so where everybody wants to share their best ideas and their systems and all of these different things. So I'm seeing 
that business side with the systems go more and more and more into effect in this space. So yeah. uh, it, it's fun to see how early you adopted and knew to put this in place in your lifetime. Is there yeah. somebody, is there somebody, Brad, that like as growing up as a kid, obviously you were interested in business very early on. Is there somebody that was an icon or an idol to you that you're like, I want to be like that guy. Cause I see you on stage and there's people that look at Brad Sugars and they're, yeah, they yeah, want to look, be Brad Sugars, right? Who did you want to be? You know, look, I, I sat down in the early stages and I was lucky enough at age 16, I won the local Rotary Club's Youth Leadership Award. And part of the, what you won was they sent you away for a week-long training on how to be successful and how to be a leader. And at 16 years of age, that changed the course of my life. So there wasn't really one person because from there, I met E. James Rohn, or I, I got to meet Mr. Rohn. He did a seminar in the Brisbane City Town Hall. I think I was 16 years old. And uh, I had him sign my notes. And I asked him one question at the end of that. And he'd spoken for several hours. And I said, Mr. Rohn, what's one thing I can do to guarantee I'll be successful as a young man? He said, son, it's simple. Read a book a week for the rest of your life. So, you know, that was thousands of books ago. But I sit back and I look at the, the, the simplest of all principles. There is no secrets to success. It's just books you haven't read yet. You know, and, and that's the very fundamentals. There's no way that success is financial success, business success, sales success, relationship success. There's, there's books on every single one of them. You just got to read them and implement, I guess. All right. So if anybody takes anything from this show, read a book a week the rest of your life and it will change your life. Well, it's interesting because you tell people that and you say to them, listen, if you read a book a week for the rest of your life, you will be super successful. And people go, nah, I can't possibly be that way. What if I read one a month, Brad? No, no, Mr. Rohn didn't say one a month. He said one a week. Uh, now it's even easier. You just type in on Audible and they'll read it to you. I do remember Mr. Rohn, he had a saying of no one can do your reading for you. If he was still alive today, I know he would... Uh, you know, the old Arnold Schwarzenegger, no one can do your push-ups for you. Well, <laughs> sorry, Mr. Rohn, now someone does my reading for me. It's... Yeah, I get read to every day during my workout, right? Mm -hmm. So that's great. So to, to emphasize your point there, Brad, if I read a book a month, I'm reading 12 books a year. If I read a book a week, I'm reading 52 books a year. There's mm -hmm. a substantial difference in those two. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't come up with that. That's Mr. Rohn. He, you know, he, he used to teach a very simple point. He said, never wish your life were easier. Wish that you were better. And that's always been my thing. If I keep growing, then, you know, your business can only grow to your level of incompetence. The moment you run out of strategies, ideas, tactics to grow your business is the moment the business can't grow anymore. Do you, I, I love speaking with people that you, like you that have all these great sayings. I just want to remember them all, but I always forget them. So I need to go back through this and write all of these down. You know, it, it's real simple. I put them in the books. Just go buy the books. There you go. Amazon. Hey, okay. <laughs> Amazon so, does love me for that. This is the latest one back here. The big one. It's like almost three pounds pulling profits out of a hat. Pulling of profits out of a hat. How long ago did you write that? Uh, it's only been out about six, seven months. Yeah, it's been on the best-selling lists. It's done real well. It's pretty much every airport bookstore, except uh, most of them are sold out. We get they, they had to rerun and print them again and get them back in the airports. But I, I put that book together over two years uh, because what I looked at was how do our clients who have exponential growth, who have year-on-year-on-year-on-year on year on year growth, and, and how do they have that? What is it? We came down with five basic core disciplines and 
uh, from this discipline of strategy, business development, the discipline of people, the discipline of execution, and discipline of mission. And I, I use the term discipline with purpose because a lot of people in business seem to think, well, I got my systems done, now I can move on to do something else. No, there's a discipline of execution of which systems is a part, but that discipline is something that needs to be continuously looked at because it doesn't matter how good you get at something today, how well you deal with your people today will be different in six months time or 12 months time. Yeah, for sure. I want to back up just a little bit uh, with books. If you're reading a book a week, how do you retain that knowledge? I find myself, this might just be me, but you know, I'll read something and then I could go back and read it in a month and I've forgotten yeah. 80%, 80% of it. Right. Yeah. Look, I, I, I've always lived with a simple philosophy. If I get one or two great ideas out of a book, I'm that's good. I yeah. speed read too. One of the first books I ever read was a speed reading book. Uh, <laughs> then I actually went and took a speed reading class um, because I, I think that's important. But, uh, so you read the first paragraph, then the last paragraph, and then what are all the secrets to that? To speed reading? Oh, look, I, I don't think there's any secrets to it. It's just uh, the central theme of what you're reading is what you want to take out of it. So there's a lot of superfluous, superfluous words in a lot of books. So you know, as much as my books are strong and big, they're very quick to read because we don't go into a superfluous stuff. We get straight okay. to the point. Because I know business people don't have the time. They just don't. Right. So. So, so if I wanted to work with you from a coaching perspective, Brad, and I'm, and I'm running a real estate business, mm-hmm. it's like, what do I do? Uh, do I just go to Action Coach and reach out to somebody? And what kind yeah, of Yeah, you can do that. Well, first thing, let me tell you what I would do with most real estate agents first and foremost if yeah. I was working with them. First thing I got to do is establish where you're at. And, you know, one of the greatest fundamental cause of business is you cannot manage what you do not measure. And one of the challenges with a lot of real estate agents is that they're very knowledgeable, but they lack the, uh, the, the intellectual property about how their business is performing and why their business is performing that way. So I teach a very simple formula of, of leads by conversion equals customers, customers by number of transactions by average sale equals revenues and revenues by margins equals profits, which gives us three numbers that people always ask me about. And they say, Brad, I need more customers, need more revenues, need more profits. The challenge is those are the three resulting effects of leads by conversion and then repeat business transactions by average sale by margins. And so I sit down with the average realtor and, and my challenge with most of them is that when it comes to those five numbers, they don't know them. You know, when it comes to how many leads do you get per day, per week, per month, how many, what's your exact conversion rate in every step of the sales process? Because there's no one step sales process in real estate. It's multiple steps over multiple days or weeks or months. And you've got to measure every single one of those steps. What are the tools you have to help you with your conversion rate? I'll give you a simple example. You know, uh, someone calls up the average realtor, Brian, and says, hey, listen, um, I'd like to have you come out and do an appraisal. I want to look at a listing. My question to the average realtor is, well, what do you send that person between that phone call and when you actually go to that meeting? What do you send them? And they, some of them look at me proudly. Oh, we send them an email. Oh, fantastic. Well done. You know, no, you don't want to send them an email. You want to send them a, a gift box. You want to send them, there's one that we use. Um, let me see if I can stretch the headphones. So at Action Coach, when we send something out to people, we send this box. It's beautifully printed. It's got all quotes from me, all that sort of stuff is everywhere. 
you open it up. It's got a book about our company and about companies we've worked with. It's got the whole folio. It's got a full magazine all about us and what we do and all the different programs we offer. It's got the, the, the business card that's also a chip that you know, has a full seminar with me on there. Now, when that gets sent out to you, before I even meet with you, in fact, we actually send it on a cross-town courier. It's got to be with the customer within four hours of the first communication with them. So some kid on a bike or some guy in a van is going to deliver that to them. Now, here's the thing. If I was a realtor and I sent something like that to people, they would be sold on me before I even showed up for the listing. But most people get so lazy. They're so lazy in the marketing they do and they're so lazy in the numbers that they don't think, okay, what, what's my conversion rate from phone call to the actual meeting? What's my conversion rate from meeting to listing? What's my conversion rate from listing to, and, and you know, these are, I break it down. Every business I've ever built, it's always break it down to the smallest of small and then build it up. It's a formula called leverage. Leverage by mathematical formula is divide to multiply. If you break something down into its smallest contributing factors, then you can build it up by doing 1% on each one of them and hey, presto, it gets massive. My definition of leverage, the way I teach it, is do the work once, get paid forever. So, you know, how do you do work one time and get paid forever? And that's where it messes with a lot of people in business because they're like, well, hang on, I get a customer once, I do it. It's like, you know, I was chatting with a friend of my wife, she's a hairdresser, and she's like, well, Brad, I make the same amount of money as my staff. I said, of course you do. You cut hair all day, they cut hair all day, you do the same job, of course you should be paid the same. She said, but I own the business. And no, you don't, you own a job. There's a big difference between owning a job and owning a business. Anyway, that's a whole other rant that we could go on with for hours. That's great. So I, I need to preface this, Brad, because everyone here probably thinks I paid you to say what you just said, because Sisu, our software company, that's exactly what we do is we measure conversion ratios all the way along, right? Every, right. Single, every single metric, right? So I remember you had the idea of this company. Dang, dash dang. We met in, we met in a little diner somewhere there in Salt Lake and chatted over this idea you had. Yes, like, we did. Yes. Yeah, that's when it was an idea. And it's good uh, to see it in fruition. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. So um, very exciting. So that's really what somebody needs to look at. Let's talk about execution for a minute. Mm -hmm. I, I love what you just said about they could be sold before you even get there. I 100% agree with that. Just by when I, was, when I was in the real estate business, when this idea came up, I actually found that my conversion ratios on listing appointments to listing signed went from 25% to 75 to 80% mm -hmm. just by sending a pre-listing packet out before I went on that listing appointment. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the other things on an execution perspective that people in the real estate space should be doing? Well, okay, so are we talking sales or marketing or are you talking execution of just running the business and building the business? Well, I mean, the business starts with marketing and then sells, right? So, I mean, you don't have to hit on all of them, but just what do you think is, is the key? What are, if you were running a real estate business- Well, the worst, the on? worst, I'll tell you the worst thing you can do is put up billboards with your freaking mug on them. If you put up billboards with your face on them, that's the craziest and worst thing you can be doing in marketing today. Now, I'll tell you the two most important marketing things you can be doing today. Number one, testimonials. Number two, ratings. If you don't have great testimonials, uh, video testimonials I'm talking about, not just written ones, video testimonials from five or six different types of customers, people that bought from you, people that sold for, you sold for, 
you need testimonials everywhere. And that's, it's gotta be video. It's gotta be on your website. It's gotta be on your social. It's gotta be everywhere. Second, the ratings that you're getting, you better ask your best customers to rank you, rate you. I meet with a lot of realtors and I ask them, what's your Google rating? And they don't even know what their Google rating is, let alone have a good one. You know, what's your rating on all of the websites? Because now you've got how many different websites ranking realtors? Oh my God, yeah, it's <laughs> a bazillion of the dang things. So those are the two most important marketing aspects I would be looking at today. Um, and, and, you know, everyone's, and I'll be blunt though, Hiding behind your social media is such a BS excuse these days. Everyone's like, oh, well, I did my social media posts. Yeah, how many phone calls you make? None? Shut up. Stop doing social media posts. You know, that's a long-term, medium-term, at best, marketing strategy. Content-based marketing is great for Gary Vee because he tells everyone do content-based marketing, but he doesn't, you know, what's he selling? He's not selling real estate, you know? There's definitely a need for content in real estate. There's definitely a need for videos, definitely a need for those things, but to hide behind them is just stupid. Um, your number of dials, your number of people connected with the number of the numbers, there's nothing changes numbers of a salesperson more than the numbers. Um, that's, that's the simplest fact. If I was in sales in real estate today, dang, I you know, the biggest thing you can do and the best, the key to being great in any business is get known for something. So what are you known for? And don't get known for selling small stuff. Get known for selling big stuff. Get known for selling the biggest of the big. You know, I remember my cousin who was a major, major real estate commercial guy. And he said, if it wasn't worth a billion, I wasn't selling it. And like I sat there and I thought, hang on, what do you mean? He says, well, I only sell properties worth a billion dollars and up. Huh. How's your commission on that? Better than a hundred thousand, you know, and, and it was one of those interesting things, but once you get known for something, what are you known for? If you're not known for something, it's very hard in marketing circles to be found. You know, people are looking, people are searching every single day, make sure they find you because you're known for something. Okay. Um, execution on a day-to-day -day business point of view though, because this is where, if you look at the discipline of execution in our book, we go through several things. Planning is a big part of, of discipline of execution. You know, I, I'm, I'm very much a day-to-day -day planner. I, I find that people want to do a business plan and, you know, three to five years and they want to do their annual plan and maybe they do quarterly planning. But the, num the number one most important plan for any business person, especially in sales, is your daily plan. What am I doing tomorrow? What am I doing tomorrow? Before you leave the office every day, have the list of what you're doing tomorrow, have it diarized, time zoned, allocated, you know, prioritized, but make certain that you know what you're doing the next day. On Friday, you got to do two plans. One is for next week and one is for Monday. You know, and these are some of the simplest of things, but then we come to management. See, management's about two things. Management's about, uh, if you take management and leadership and split the two of them apart, Okay, because they're totally different. They're both needed and both warranted. I hear people say to me, oh, you don't want to be a manager. Well, if, you, if, if you're not going to be a manager, who the heck's managing the business? Well, I want to be a leader. Listen, management's about competent, productive people. Competency and productivity. If there's a lack of competency, management problem. Lack of productivity, management problem. 
Managers need to coach, mentor, train. People are like, oh, you don't want to micromanage them. Listen, you have to micromanage some people. They're idiots, okay? You have to micromanage them when they're, like your kid. When your kids are born, you got to micromanage that stuff. Otherwise, they die, all right? Same with employees. You got to micromanage them in the beginning. Your job, though, is to build their competency so you don't have to micromanage them. Yes, you don't want to micromanage them for long you want to teach them, educate them, coach them, mentor them so that they get to a point of competency and productivity. Leadership, on the other hand, also about two things. Leadership is about passionate, focused people. If there's no passion, bad leadership. No focus, bad leadership. So you add productivity and competency with passion and focus, and all of a sudden you got a growth team. you got a growth organization. A lot of people don't learn management and, and stuff. Actually, I did a whole video on management versus leadership. It's on my LinkedIn or my Facebook or my YouTube. If anyone wants to watch it, about 20, 30 minutes. Um, second part of execution is the systems. Anywhere where there's, where there's a lack of consistency, you know there's a lack of systems. The most basic form of system is a checklist. Why does every pilot have a flight checklist? Mm, guess why? They actually want to know they're going to succeed. Um, you know, I always joke about that. Well, how often, what percentage of the time do pilots like to succeed? 100%. Want your staff to succeed at 100%? Checklists. Pretty simple. Uh, and, and, you know, these are some, and then the measuring. Measuring is the third part of execution. So you got that one covered. Yeah, that's, that's such great advice. One of the things you, you pointed out on there, Brad, I had a coach last year that told me, of course, every night before going to bed, I would look at what my next day is going to be, plan that day. But she added something else to that, which was, actually visualize every meeting that day in the morning and the outcome that I want from that meeting. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's been a, it's been a game changer really. So yeah. Visualization and verbalization is such a massive part of success mentally. And a big part of the real estate business is mental preparation because you can have all of the best things, but when you get in that meeting, how you're mentally prepared to meet that person, when you're in that negotiation, your mental prep is just so vital. And yeah, I, I remember I learned that from Jack Nicholas. Jack, uh, before every single golf shot, uh, he, he would visualize the golf shot going perfectly. And I remember one of my guys, Mike Brightman, had a sort of charity function with Jack. And he said to Jack, Jack, did it always go exactly where you wanted it to? And being a golfer, I was very annoyed with Jack's answer. He said, no, it didn't always go. Sometimes it was a, a yard left, sometimes a yard right. <laughs> Frustrated golfer over here. Frustrated golfer. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay. Uh, so one of the things I've committed to do during this is to read all of your books, Brad. You uh, phenomenal. Just I, I love listening to you, hearing your advice, and everything you say each little item could make such an impact on everybody. I hope so. I hope so. That's, that's my job in life. You know, um, when, when you, you read this one first, buddy, the latest one, it's, it's, I love it. It's a phenomenal piece. My co-author on that Monty was a genius as well. Okay. You know, I think that um, business ownership is one of the loneliest jobs in the world. You know, being the head of the company, being the boss person, it's, it's a challenge. Sales is probably the next toughest job in the world. Why? You're judged every single minute of every single day. How good you are. You're only as good as your last call. Only as good as last meeting. You know, and that to me is why mental preparation is a very big part of it. But I've been in sales all my life. I've learned to sell from to 
tens of thousands of people to one-on-one time. You know, I, I love selling from stage when I sell 10,000 people at a time. I, I love selling every, every which way. And I think that, you know, for me, the profession of sales has gotten better and better and better over the years, you know, and uh, if, if you want that profession to be great for you, you got to be great at it. There's no two ways about it. Yeah, for sure. And real estate is sales, right? I mean, every business is selling. Every business is selling, you know, going out on a date, that's selling for goodness sake. You know, it's, it's a harder sell for some than others. They don't have the right product to sell, but you know, these are the things that we live with and, you know, relationships, sales, it's all part of it. Communication skills, it's all part of it. And I think that as professionals, we need to up our skills on a daily basis. And that, that to me is important, but yeah, if I was, if I, you know, if I could sit down in front of a dozen realtors today, I would love to help them understand how to get better at their business development. See sales marketing and customer management or customer service, whichever way you want to term it, are three things that are easy if your business isn't growing. But if you're in growth mode, those three things have got to be top notch. They got to be on point. But, you know, I sit down and I look at it and I think that if I look at the discipline of strategy, most realtors strategy is to stay about the same as they were last year, maybe 20%, maybe 30% better, but not massive. And that's where I love challenging realtors and asking the question, well, what are they doing with uh, real estate in Turkey right now? What are the great things they're doing in Turkey? And I go, I don't know. Well, what are the great things they're doing across the other state? What are the great things they're doing in Brazil? And there's so much to learn that, you know, I, I think it's such an exciting time in business today that we can learn globally in an instant. Yeah, I see that happening in these masterminds. They're learning from people all over the country, not necessarily mm -hmm. all over the world. Absolutely, though, if you can step outside of your pocket, you're going to get nuggets that are going to change your world, right? Listen, you know, we, we can harp on learning as much as we want, but if you're not a learner, if you're not designed to learn, if you don't love learning, then business gets tough because what happens is if, if you know, if your sales are, sta are stagnant and stable, the costs are always rising. Eventually, you're out of business. So you got to keep growing and you got to keep doing that stuff. So what about life balance? I think real estate people of anyone I know, a lot of times they have the most difficult time balancing. Well, real estate, you could be working. Chasing the dollar, right? Yeah. So, you could be working 24 hours a day, seven days a week if you wanted to in real estate. Yeah. So a, a lot of team owners I'm seeing are figuring that out and they're working on the business instead of in the business. Mm-hmm. What advice would you have though? I mean, you're running eight businesses in two days a week. Yeah, That's it, wasn't, everybody's it, wasn't, dream. it wasn't always that way, buddy. I was the stupid idiot back in the beginning who thought hustle and grind makes it successful. Hustle and grind, all that does is cover up the inefficiencies in your business. You know, so you don't actually fix them because you're working 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's covering up where you've got problems in the business. You know, and I see that in my companies today that if I see someone having to stay back and work till 10, 12 at night, I'm looking at it going, what are they doing wrong? Must be something done wrong there because they, they you know, I remember Lee Iacocca teaching it way, way, way back when he said, you know, if you're not at home by six o'clock for dinner with your family, you're running the business wrong. You know, and you sit there and you go, huh. And I never knew this until uh, the other day. I watched that movie, Ford versus Ferrari. I didn't know that Lee Iacocca was 
uh, one of the development guys at Ford back on that, on that project. So that was, you just learned that. Huh? Yeah, yeah. But I think that what you've got to do is you've got to set yourself with the, my definition of a business, Brian is probably different to most people's definition of a business. My definition of a business is a commercial profitable enterprise that works without you. If I have to be there, I didn't build a business. I built a job and I work for an idiot, you know? So I, my goal is to always build a business that works so I don't have to. Now, in the beginning, that took me a long time to work that stuff out. But nowadays, that's basically all I do in any companies is I buy companies like my commercial cleaning business. So I just actually, my real estate business, I just sold. Uh, we had a property management company based in Texas. Um, just sold that, but I bought a commercial cleaning business down in Melbourne, Australia, actually, and it's just opening in the UK. So it looks like we've just signed a master franchise deal for the UK. So these are the sorts of things that I do. But my philosophy is that if I can build, if, if it, 100% of my effort yields 100%, 80% of 100 people yields me 8,000. So, you know, it's different when you, when you look at it. And the hardest leap is from one to two, you know, two to three. Those leaps are pretty big because it's 100% change in, in circumstance. But I say this to everyone, you can build a business that works without you. It is possible to build a business that works without you. You've got to have that mindset though. You got to want it to be that way. Start with X number of hours a week. You know, on these hours, I'm going to work from home and I'm only going to work on the business, not in the business. You know, set yourself a time goal. I see people say, I don't want to work 80 hours a week. Listen, there's three types of goals in this world. The worst form of goal is the negative goal. Okay. It's an away from, I don't want to work 80 hours. All right. Or I don't want to be fat or I don't want to be unfit or I don't want to have a bad relationship. You get what you focus on, right? Correct. Second level of goal is positive. Uh, instead of, I don't want to work 80 hours. I want to be working six hours a day, four days a week. You know, set the goal in your head, know where you want to go. How many hours, how many days a year do you want vacation? How many set it up? What's your goal? How many days a year of vacation time? Oh, and that that's the positive. The third level of goal is, uh, when we actually get to, uh, the goal, not being about ourselves, where we get to a legacy goal we aim to build something. And that's what I am, I'm doing with Action Coach. My legacy is to build, I, I wrote the vision of this company very clearly many moons ago to build world abundance through business re-education. And, um, you know, we keep changing it one business owner at a time, you know, make one more, pre, one more business owner. The greatest thing about our business is that every time we help a business owner, we help them, we help another half a dozen, dozen, 20, 100 people get jobs. I mean, every business that grows, grows a community, grows an economy. So I love it from that perspective. Yeah, that's definitely got to be a lot of fun for you to see that happening. Mm. So Brad, I know you're short on time. Thank you so much for joining us. I just have a few quick questions I'd like to run past you. Sure. First, first being, you've written all these books. You've read thousands of books. Mm -hmm. Not taking your own books into consideration here. I, I can almost guarantee you everybody listening is going to want to, to jump in and dive into your books. Mm -hmm. That being said, is there a book out there that has made the biggest impact on your life? Something that everybody should read a must read for everyone. Oh, dang. You know, it's probably five or six, but I'll, I'll try and separate them. Uh, as a young man, it was how to win friends and influence people and, uh, think and grow rich. Um, but then the mat, the richest man in Babylon, that was so cool. The magic of thinking big, they were so cool. And I'll, 
as a very young man, getting that, that mindset right. Um, then from a business perspective, you know, I, when I read, it's, these two books were written in the 1920s. Uh, one's called My Life in Advertising. The other's called Scientific Advertising, written by Claude C. Hopkins. And when I read those as a probably 18, 19-year-old young man, maybe 20, uh, I got it. I got marketing. It made me understand. And then I read Tested Advertising Methods and Drayton Birds and, 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 and all these other authors on marketing because I had to understand how does marketing work? Because I remember trying to, and, and I wrote a book recently called uh, Buying Customers. I'm not sure if I even have a copy here. Um, oh, yeah, I do. Uh, buying customers. Actually, this was the original version. The new one out has got ice cream on the front. And it's all about how you actually have to spend money to buy customers and how that works. You know, if I put $1,000 into advertising, I get 10 customers. Each one costs me $100 to buy. And that's where most businesses fail because they don't allocate a budget to buy customers. You know, you got to buy them. That's just what it is. The price of purchasing them, though, is different. Marketing today's much easier and much harder than it used to be. It used to be easy. You read two newspapers, two radio stations, four TV stations, you're done. Perfect. Got my marketing mix planned. Now it's much harder in that there's about 4 billion ways to get to the customer, but it's much easier because you can target down to that absolute niche perfectly. Um, yes. Dang buddy. There's so many I books it. that I would love yeah. to say, you know, um, yeah, it, it's difficult to pinpoint it down to just one. You know, the E-Myth, Gerber's book, the E-Myth was revolutionary thinking back in its day um, around, you know, getting to that thinking. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's, that's a dozen for, for us to all go jump in. If, I mean, most of us have probably read three or four of those, but certainly not all of those. So uh, what about your favorite place, Brad? I know you're from Australia. Yeah, my home in Australia, Hamilton Island, Australia. It's one of the, it's, it's God's own country, that one. Hamilton Island, Queensland, Australia. Uh, it's a beautiful island that has only golf carts. And uh, we have a house there right on the harbor. and Boats are right there. And uh, yeah, Hamilton is, but then again, Paris, if I'm going away with my wife just for a weekend, Paris for a weekend, nothing does better than Paris. Great, great. What about your favorite thing to do? Uh, hang with my kids, uh, watch sport. I'm Australian. We're just sports nuts. We love sports. So, you know, when I first moved to America, after about two years, I'm chatting about football with everyone. They go, how do you know those stats? How do you not? You know, it's like, if you're going to watch a sport, do that. Um, business. I love business. I love buying and selling companies. Um, it's, it's, a, it's fun for me. It's a game. Uh, speaking. I love teaching too. Love teaching. That's probably the top few things. Eating. Eating. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and you, and you're definitely a, a foodie. I remember when you took me to your restaurant there at the casino in the Wynn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our restaurant at the Wynn is we just actually increased the size of it. We just made it bigger because uh, it was it was good and successful. So we had to do that. But I, I'm definite foodie and definite uh, wine uh, wine lover. My wine cellar is spectacularly fun too. Awesome. So uh, you're all over online, but what's the best way for people to reach out to you? Or let's go back to my question earlier. If somebody wants to get serious about learning about Action Coach, what's the best way to do that? Uh, actioncoach.com. If they want to find a coach, uh, they just punch it in there and we'll pair them with the, the best coach for them. There's a few questions for you to answer and we'll find the best coach for you. Um, if you want to contact me, any form of social media, LinkedIn, Face, Insta, you name it, Twitter, 
I'm on there. Not Pinterest though. Not really a crafty kind of guy. Um, <laughs> And uh, or bradsugars.com. Jump on there. If you want me to come speak to your group, jump on there. I'll come and have a chat with my team. I'll come have a chat. Okay, so people can get you to come speak to them. How big a group does that have to be typically for that to make sense for you to? Uh, it doesn't bother me. The price is the same no matter what. My agent handles all that stuff. I do 38 events a year. I limit myself to 38 uh, outside events a year. Um, so that I can make sure I keep my work-life balance in order. Okay, Brad. Well, it's so great catching up with you again after about five years. And uh, every time I talk to you, I just uh, love walking away with all these nuggets. So thank you for sharing today and thanks for joining us. Buddy, thank you for having me on here. I appreciate it. By the way, if this is your first time watching the podcast, gang, make sure you subscribe. Don't just uh, listen once. Subscribe to these things. Keep coming back. That's the way the learning happens. Great. Thanks a lot, Brad. So there you have it. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. If you have an interest in a free seven-day trial of Sisu, make sure that you use the coupon GRIT, that's G-R-I-T, to waive all your setup fees and receive a 10% discount on your subscription. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and want to subscribe, search GRIT, the Real Estate Growth Mindset Podcast, on iTunes. And with that, we'll catch you next time. Take care.